Welcome to the Women in Business radio show with Sean Murphy, connecting women in business around the globe. Hello and welcome to the Women in Business radio show. We are once again in our lockdown studio. So a bit of a warning if you're listening to this in a couple of years time and the sound quality is absolutely appalling. This is why we're all in our Zoom studios. We've got kids, cats, dogs, roadworks outside and dodgy internet connections. So please bear with us. So who have we got in the studio today? We have got, let me introduce our regulars. We've got co-host Laura Lawrence from Laura Lawrence Market. Marketing. Welcome, Laura. Good morning, Sean. How are you today? I'm, I'm okay. I've am i got a bit of a cold, actually. I've got a bit of a cold, so and my brain is a bit foggy and fuzzy. So well, don't worry. I've been, I've been co-hosting this show for, what, seven years now? So. Yes, you have. So. <laughs> I, know, I know what to do now. You yeah, know? if I fall off the chair, you'll know. That's actually Laura's role. If I... <laughs> she she does a lot more but basically if I fall off the chair or something happens or I'll pass out that. or conk out or knock myself out with the microphone um <laughs> we don't we don't go and get uh, get anyone to help you we carry the show must go on you know so <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. then I might give Mark a call <laughs> never mind about poor muggins here <laughs> might be unconscious never mind and welcome also Jackie Groundswell from 1230 the women's company Good morning, Sean and Laura and Lisa. Great to be here as always. I get, and I'm going to introduce Lisa. Right? I'm just going to say, I've got a bit of a problem. I'm spitting everywhere this morning. I don't know why. <laughs> it could be. I forgot. You've got your chewing gum in. I, I have my chewing Excuse me. You see, we normally do this in the studio. Nobody can see it. Hang on. <laughs> It's lovely, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, very fine. Sure, <laughs> come out. But you see, unless Laura's being particularly brutal with the with the camera when we're in the studio, um, nobody ever sees that, do they? And I always no. remember to pick it up from the from the desk so yeah. that the next uh, the next DJ on doesn't get it. Okay. Um, a little bit of trivia. I have no nails. Look, finally, my wow. my my nails have gone. This is what lockdown has brought me to. No nails. <laughs> No red nails. I can't wait until it reopens. Um, Okay, so who have we got in the studio today? Well, we have got Lisa Harrison, who is founder of the Little Little Book of Locals. Now, Lisa has a fantastic story that we're going to be hearing about. She's also a wonderful juggler. Um, She does all sorts of things with kids. Goodness knows what else going on. And we're going to be hearing about how she left her job and started her business um, and also focusing on building a business locally, because I think especially nowadays when we have social media and the opportunities that it brings us to reach foreign lands um, and be crossing oceans, it can sometimes be a little bit of a challenge to build a local business. So that's one of the things that we're also going to be, well, we're going to be picking Lisa's brains on, let's be honest. We're going to be picking her brains on. So welcome, Lisa. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm also going to mention that Lisa is a sponsor a key sponsor of the women in business big show so the 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 women in business big show is supported by people like the fsb and one of our other sponsors so the fsb are sponsors nat west are also sponsors so so lisa thank you very much for joining the fsb in nat west um in being one of our sponsors and the little the the women in business big show will be held in longfield academy which is near ebbsfleet and blue water in hopefully october but in the meantime what we're doing is we are running the dates that we had previously set for it to happen which is February the 19th April the 9th and thinking realistically probably August the 6th we are going to be running those as online conferences so online expos and our very first time at running this event is tomorrow Lisa is going to be be with us for all of those online events and the offline events so she's not going anywhere um i'm going to say it's going to be worth joining us just to have a laugh because the so- the software is it, we're using hopping and it's super super software but some bits of it are a little challenging we're having a, a, a little bit of trouble getting our heads around it this is only the second event that we've run 
Um, but it's so very different to everything else that's out there. It creates a very, very different experience to when we love Zoom. We're using Zoom now, but it creates a very different event experience to Zoom. And it's just about sort of getting both the speakers, the sponsors, the exhibitors and the people who are taking part to sort of get on board with the joining process, which is just a sort of little bit more of a two step process. But we're getting there. So if you if you if you do want to sort of come along and see how we're how we're coping tomorrow, then I I really would recommend that because I think it would be quite a good laugh. Um, <laughs> tickets are only one ninety nine, so it's one ninety nine if you'd like to join in um, as a delegate. You get to listen to the talks, you get to take part in the one to one networking. And you can go and visit the expo booths. And if you want to do that, if you hop along to the women in business big you can book into the event for tomorrow. Okay, I'm going to draw breath now. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to catch up very, very quickly with Laura and Jackie. So let's let's start with Laura. What have you been up to this week? Anything interesting? Well, I mean, it's, um, you know, because quite often on the show, I'm, I have my marketing consultant hat on. Um, but, you know, it's I just I, I just got my magazines, my own ones back from the printers last week. So um, absolutely. It's a it's always I don't know whether Lisa feels the same way. But when when I get my um, sort of allocation, because all the rest go straight to Royal Mail for delivery. But when I get my allocation, I have this sort of almost like a slight of fear of opening the box up just in case there's like some error that wasn't picked up or something like that on the magazine. And although I've been doing this, you know, for for 15 and a half years now, I still, every time I open it thinking, oh, please be okay, please be okay, you know? So, um, so yes, everything looks fantastic again, you know, but I just have this fear and it just will not leave me. I just can't, you know, because it's nothing's ever happened. And yet I still, you know, sort of have to overcome this fear, you know, every other month when I get my, my magazines back from the printer. So, uh, so yeah, so I know, um, I, I don't know whether Lisa experiences the same thing, but I know next week uh, while my magazines are going out is when I get the most sales calls in uh, people wanting to, to advertise. So I'm preparing myself for a very busy week. <laughs> so, uh, is that, so is that, is that your experience as well, Laura, L- Lisa? <laughs> I, yeah, there's going to be trouble isn't there i've got two <laughs> l's on my screen next door to each other i don't see very well <laughs> for me it's that moment when you click off to the printers ready for them to go and it's a bit like when you go on holiday whatever you've forgotten by that point is too late so <laughs> it is i actually have um my my proofreader actually we, we came up with this plan a few years ago that she actually sits in when i'm then going over the final printer proofs to make sure that because you know sometimes if you've got that little bit of time even if it's just overnight you might make a change because you're like oh i just tweak this you know and then you might forget to update say an index or a, um, a content listing or something like that so um so yes yeah, so i actually my proofreader will be with me and uh, and we sign it off you know so she double checks everything after i've checked it just to make sure and actually that's just i used to hyperventilate on uh, print sign off day so having that that extra support in has made such a difference to my i'm sure to my health on um on the print sign off day so i would if you don't have anyone doing that for you lisa i really recommend it it just makes you feel so much happier um, and more more confident it's, that it's always good fine. to have somebody else to blame isn't it and <laughs> Jackie, <laughs> and, and Jackie, like <laughs> Jackie is yeah. in fact also as well as running 1230 the women's company a proofreader so there we yeah. go there you are and what have you been up to this week Jackie any proofreading <laughs> Um, only, only my, well, I was going to say only my own, but actually there are other people involved in the things that I'm involved in, like you and I, for example, um, on doing some more, uh, hop-in stuff. Since we last spoke, 1230s launched a new thing called Banter and Bevy, which is monthly on a Friday. Um, no agenda, just come along and, I mean, people need to book, but come along and sort of discuss the world or whatever you want to discuss in that sense lots of hopping things because as i just mentioned doing stuff with you we've got um coming up on the 26th of feb we've got an event together on that the international women and then on the 22nd of march isn't it with america we're hooking up and doing 
more hopping stuff. We all, we, all, we, ought to, we ought to mention those, oughtn't we? So we've got international. Um, we've got the International Women in Business Expo, where we have two speakers. Um, we have Carol Pike, don't we, who is talking about something very different, a really different approach to vision boarding. She's talking about how you can sort of represent your brand to your, on, on a vision board. And we've also got Nicole Johnson, who, Johnston, who is showing us how we can write our book. So sort of get to the end of actually getting your book written down on paper and ready for publication. And you can see, and there's also a little bit of networking, and you can catch up with that on internationalwomeninbusiness.com. And then on the 22nd of March, we've got with Takara Steele, we're planning a workshop, haven't we? Indeed. Getting your goals set. Getting for goals two. set and planning. Yes, and we have. I've just realised, Laura, you saying about I was bouncy. How about I'm hopping? <laughs> yeah. I'll remember that. We can use that as a lead in next week. I was going to do a warning about that and say, <laughs> say something like, you know, the first person who says, I'm going to be hopping. Okay. But, you know, I thought, no, nobody. It's not going to happen. No, <laughs> no, <Wrong>. no, <laughs> nobody would say, how wrong can you be? Anyway, apart from that, um, and the stuff that you and I are doing, and the stuff that I'm doing with 1230 as a whole, um, is the uh, annual um, conference as well as face-to-face with people with my uh, with our Spanish chum, Ala. Ali Meehan over on in Costa Women. We've got uh, three days coming up with that, uh, 11th, 25th and 30th of March. So again, using hopping. It's the first time that she's used it. And, and at the moment, I, I've got a sort of feel of being a secretary just generally at the moment because I can't hands on with any of it. Um, currently with 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 what's going on but um so it's all been full on um which is why i'm bouncing i'll tell you what never un- never under and then never underestimate the input of admin support that there isn't there isn't i don't think there's anything wrong with being but i'm a boss lady <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and we're all boss ladies, dear, but we all have to sit here and do our own crap as Absolutely. well, don't we? Absolutely. <laughs> don't we? Yeah, no, it's right. I but anyway, so it's been pretty full on. I, I, that is one of the things. Uh, you know, I heard that once, um, and I, I can't for the life of me who said who, who it was who said it, um, but it was actually about saying that the person who wins is the person who can deal with boredom. Mm. who can actually handle the boredom because there are in in fact I just have some support coming on board I've got a couple of people that are um, coming on board we're in the process of doing that who are going to be helping me Um, but that doesn't mean that every single thing that's boring is just going to go suddenly out the door Um, but when you think about it that's absolutely true there are some days when I get to the end of the day I think I haven't done anything exciting I haven't created any strategy I haven't been out there producing really interesting stuff or speaking or interviewing what I've actually been doing is sat there typing stuff out and it's really yes it is what I'm doing is boring because I've thought about it you know I've thought about it I've done it I've had the idea and now what I'm doing is is typing crap out basically it's incredibly boring and I'm not very good at it um but it's the person who gets to the end of that that is actually the winner not the person who just says well I'll do all the interesting stuff but I'm not doing any follow-through and I just thought that was a that, that was a really interesting way of looking at it that yes, sometimes you can't delegate everything. And sometimes there is boring stuff. You can't delegate it. And you just have to knuckle down and get it done. And it's the person who can deal with the boredom that will actually I, yeah, I don't find it I don't find so much of that boring because I see it coming to fruition. So that in itself is quite exciting. But um Well I perhaps think... that's your way of dealing with the boredom. Could be. Perhaps, perhaps you have a mission or a goal in place that is your way of actually dealing with the boredom. But okay. yeah. So anyway, I think we better get on to. I think we better stop waffling. Got a show to do. <laughs> and get on with the main part of the show. 
So let's welcome Lisa Harrison to the show, founder of Little Book of Locals. Now, what I'm going to do is ask Lisa to tell us her story of how she got to where she is now and who she works with and what she does. And also give us a picture of what Little Book of Locals is. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Welcome, everyone. (laughs) Hello. Hi. So tell us a little bit about, tell us your story. Okay, so I mean, what is the Little Book of Locals? It is a, a publication that goes out delivered to 40,000 homes within the North Kent, Northwest Kent area. Um, but it didn't start that way. <laughs> um, and I'm sure it's not going to stop there either. Um, it actually started off, um, I was working in quite a corporate sales environment at the time. Um, and my brother-in-law actually gave me a call one day and said he's he's a, does a, a lot of car valeting and things like that in his local area and he advertised his business in a little magazine just like what mine's become at the time and uh, that magazine had just stopped producing and disappeared and it'd be gone quite a while and because he went out into the local area and was cleaning cars for, for a lot of the people that used to advertise in books like that um he was getting a lot of feedback on the fact that they really wish it hadn't gone and you know if only there was something to replace it in the area and he just gave me a call and said look you're so good at sales why don't you create something that goes out into this local area that um in advertising um and I thought wow okay I mean that would be really fun but where on earth do I start um so I started off by just calling around people that advertised in similar kind of things and looking up local businesses that I thought that would be uh, that would engage with me on it and I had such a great response I was actually I actually surprised myself I think you could go into sort of cold calling like this thinking that perhaps everyone will be like no no spending money um and I gave myself two months before I went to the first print and uh, I managed to create it was only 12 pages my first book but I, I was immensely proud and it was only one colour at the time and only went to 15,000 homes. Um, but I remember that sense of pride when I got the first one in my hand. Um, and actually looking back now, it's, it, it, it's, it looks awful compared to what it looks like now. Um, but that's so that's really how it began. And obviously then that one got delivered and generated that, you know, uh, as Laura was saying, like that first week that it goes out is when you get your first sales calls. And it was amazing to get people calling me saying, I want to be in your book. How much does it cost? And that's really just how it started. Um, and then to, to move it forward, it was just really listening to feedback. Um, I started, I was all about six, seven months in, and there were some sort of clients I was trying to get into the book. And they weren't happy to go into advertising with me, just a one color advert. They wanted it to be full color. So um, I'd already explored the idea of this and the cost was quite a big jump from going from a one color magazine to a full color magazine. But me being me, right, okay, we'll just take the plunge. So we became a full color magazine, which again had that same um, a, a big response. As soon as that full color one went out, all of a sudden loads more people wanted to be in it. And it was just growing organically itself. Um, and I expanded the area it went to. Um, and I, the re- when I did that, I thought, why does this work so well for people? And it's because the original area it started off was it's quite affluent, um, good school catchment areas mostly homeowners so whenever I think about expanding the business into new areas as I have done I do a lot of research into um, what what those areas are I don't just blanket drop it to entire postcode areas I I look at where where I think it will work for people Um, and that's what I've done and now we've got to the point where um, we're 40,000 being delivered out we do a lot on social media and email marketing as well um, which a lot of it's self-taught, to be honest with you. I've put myself on little courses and, and really do just listen to other people. I think that's my key here is just listen to the feedback you get. Not everybody's got the right idea for you, but there's certainly when you start hearing common, um, you know, lots of people saying the same thing, then, yeah, you do definitely want to progress with that. And that's how it's become what is now... Um, it's got really good grounding in the area that it's in. Uh, we've just exploded into another area in January of this year. Um, and yeah, it's, it looks really cool. I've got a little branded smart car that I drive around in that's really cool. And you can scan the car to go through to things. So we've kind of got up with the technology, but also remembering that it is 
you know, print hasn't died, like, you know, and it really, it, people love the, the getting this vibrant thing through their door with crosswords in it and other things like that. And they really do use it and they keep it till the next one comes through the door. So, <laughs> firstly, firstly, wow. Um, there's, a, there's, there's a couple of things that you just sort of touched on there, which I would like to go a little bit deeper on. So one of them was that, you knew that you were really good at sales and that you you did something that I think most people avoid doing which is you got on the phone and you started doing cold calling now I think a lot of people will actually use social media as an excuse for not cold calling as a way of avoiding cold calling Uh, that you know they'll sell they or they send what are sometimes quite spammy emails, not necessarily spammy in content, but spammy because we didn't ask for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they follow up something that was never asked for with something else that wasn't wanted either. And then start saying, well, why haven't you contacted me? Well, because I, you know, I don't know who you are. I didn't ask you to email me. Go away. Um, but sometimes you've sort of got to put your sturdy pants on, haven't you? And um, it's pick- not easy even for somebody who's who is quite used to doing it. But one thing I will say is, it's like anything: the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And once you get your first win, your confidence just grows. Um, so it's like anything, you know, public speaking or anything like that puts you out of your comfort zone. It still puts me out of my comfort zone. I'm not going to lie, but it it does. Once you get somebody go, well, yeah, that actually sounds really good. Um, and brilliant and you and then you subsequently you hear their feedback from them as to how well it's working for them you know I think you need to believe in what you're selling I've, I've worked yeah. in um in the corporate industry where initially starts off as something you're really proud of and then changes get made and you're not necessarily happy about what you're having to sell anymore and I think that's really key especially if it's your own business if you're not comfortable selling it you believe that it's not giving people good value or anything then you need to change it because it's not it's it won't sell will it exactly that's the thing and you're never going to be comfortable trying to sell something to somebody if you actually don't believe that you're going to be giving them good value for their for their money um, and I'm very honest with people as well I'm I'm not I'm not 18 anymore just trying to sell no matter what I will be honest with people if I don't think their adverts necessarily going to work or even if the industry they're trying to advertise with me isn't going to really generate the leads that they're looking for I'd rather be honest with people and have people in there that are really achieving what they want from it than the other way around so and I will only target people that I think genuinely would actually really benefit from the advertising so you've already got your starting point before you pick up the phone so how did you approach that so before you'd actually published anything Mm-hmm. there you are I mean you said you you picked the phone up and you did your cold calling and you got your adverts booked yes. before you'd actually really proven it or test driven it or done anything at all I know. so um how did you and, and I think there are a lot of people who were starting up who find themselves in this situation so actually I can't give you any proof there isn't any proof mm-hmm. because it hasn't gone anywhere yet therefore I don't want to have that co- that direct conversation with you so yeah. what I'm going to do is tiptoe around on Facebook with Facebook ads and sending stuff out and yeah. being a bit sort of wishy-washy. It's quite, you can't be wishy-washy on the phone, can you? Well, no, but I mean, ultimately I had nothing to lose and everything to gain. Um, yeah. And so, you know, all it, and it, all it takes is that first one. And then, and then you've got that confidence that yes, this is going to work for people. And I just believed it was going to, it was going to happen. There was no way around that. You know, you can't yeah. um and ah around the fact of, well, maybe, you know, if it just doesn't work, maybe we just don't do it. It had to work. I decided I was going to do it. And I'm quite a strong mindset like that. If I've decided I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Um, so that definitely helped. But ultimately, in the background, I had absolutely nothing to lose because until I hadn't really spent much money um, until I actually went to print. And there was a big goal to achieve for that. But, you know, getting the commitment from people and, and everything else in the background meant that I knew that I could go ahead with it. Um, so, yeah. So do you think the the fact that your business is local because it, it you're delivering it to local houses therefore it's sort of going to be local businesses that yes. are going to be more interested mm-hmm. in advertising in it so do you think that sort of hub of of locality if you like makes it makes cold calling picking that phone up 
um, the preferred, the best approach? Definitely. I mean, it's it really is. There's nothing like talking to people, is there? Um, there really isn't. Yeah. And obviously, you've always got a head start if you know it's gone to their home address because they live in the area that you're trying to trying to um, get them from. Then yes, they are. You know, they're hopefully they've seen it already. So you've got a great starting. Point. Yeah. Once you've got the momentum going, it's sort of it, it's okay. Exactly. Well, they've seen it, haven't they? Absolutely. Um, yeah. they, they've seen it, Laura. I was going to ask, um, Lisa, do you ever get those phone calls of uh, a local business who's like, you know, oh, I've seen, I've seen, you know, your magazine. Mm-hmm. And I don't, do people actually read it or am I the only person who reads it? <laughs> like, you know, well, well, I've sort of been going for quite a number of years, you know, yeah. and you sort of go on that, but they think I'm like, the only one to read it. <laughs> I don't do this for my health. Exactly. <laughs> I just yeah. I'm really hoping that people do pick it up and read it. Yeah, yeah. we, we so. delivered it just to your house. Yeah. <laughs> we had one printed. <laughs> we had one printed, and you've got it. Yeah. Oh, they make me laugh. They really do. Well, Bless them. Is to say to people, you know, well, you, okay, pick pick one of your advertisers that you know is a regular, and just say, okay, so if you're getting it through your door regularly, have you seen these people are in there every month? They do it because it works for them. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> they don't keep coming back for, for punishment. <laughs> They're there because it does work. <laughs> so in, in, your, in your journey, mm. can you remember, are there any times when you, you, you've sort of got that, sometimes that, that feeling in your stomach that, oh, my goodness, okay, I am, I, you know, here's a, here's a big, this is scary. It definitely gets scary when you sit and you do figures and then you add up how much on a monthly basis your costs actually are. Um, and sometimes you can just sort of sit above them and be like, yeah, it's all fine, you know, because the money comes in. Um, but actually, when you add up with a business like this, how much the costs are that involved with it, um, you suddenly feel this massive responsibility to make sure that you cover them um, and hope that you earn some money on top. Um, so that's definitely quite scary. Um, you know, it does come with huge responsibility. And, you know, once people have paid, particularly when people pay you, and they say, right, I'm gonna, I want to sign up for a year, and they've paid that money out. You've got this massive responsibility to make sure yes. you deliver on that as well, because you've got someone believing in you, so you've got to make sure you deliver on what they, yes. what they committed to. And if they if they have paid up front, if they have you know signed on the dotted line for forty thousand copies to be going out every month or every two months, whatever the distribution is, then yeah. that is going to that is going to cost quite a bit of money. We're not just talking your time here, are we? And I think that's very often the the difference between what you're doing and what you're offering and sometimes what a lot of businesses are offering which is which is time yes you actually have to pay out money to get that thing out the door don't you absolutely yeah and so it's not just that person <laughs> advertising if you, if you don't have if you am I scaring you if you don't <laughs> if you don't have all of the other raft of advertisers in there as well you're not going to be able to deliver that month on month and so you're going to be failing on on the commitments that you've already made but in the, the beauty of it really though is is it that is what drives you to succeed um because you really want to make sure that you've you've got everything in there it's definitely a driving force behind it um i would say you've got these commitments and these people that have believed in you you cannot let them down um so that's what makes you it really does drive me um to, to make sure that it's really working this, this is a little bit of an unfair question but hey ho never mind um <laughs> Talking on the, the sort of cold calling side of things and, and getting going and managing other people's expectations. So I'm thinking about other people in business who are perhaps starting up and, and are considering doing cold calling um, and approaching people is and I'm not expecting exact figures here because we don't have any we don't have any sort of set questions it's just something that occurred to me I think it's probably very easy to get discouraged quite quickly after you've made 10 phone calls and every single one of those has somebody might have been rude somebody might have put the phone down somebody mm-hmm. might have said quite nicely yes but no thank you mm-hmm. um what do you think people's expectations should be of the conversion rate so you know if you make say 100 telephone calls if you like out of the phone book they don't know you picking picking the phone up and they haven't seen your they haven't seen your publication yet you've got nothing to refer to Mm -hmm. um what do you think people should realistically expect to get I think realistically, I mean, I have done some statistics on this um, and you have good days and you have bad days with it. I would say if you if you 
set yourself a target. What I do is I set, I, I outline the top 20 businesses of that week that I want to achieve or may, may even just be for the month, at least every time I'm set, I'm goal setting. And I would hope to achieve just five of those 20 people. Um, and when you set your goals in that way, you're not so disappointed because you're expecting 15 to say no anyway. Um, but there may be weeks when you get 15 of those 20, there may be weeks when you only get one or none. So you've just got to average it out and always reflect back on what you achieved. Um, I think goal setting is really important because if you just hit the phones in that way and you've got nothing to refer back to, you can get very disheartened. Mm. But, um, you, you know, not just conversion on the cold calling itself, but also it's really good to remember that the return on the investment that you're offering to the clients as well. And keep that really simple for people. I mean, you can advertise with me for as little as 45 pounds. So let's say you're a plumber and you spend 45 pounds on an advert with me. How much would you expect if they got just one phone call from that advert, would they expect that to earn them less than 45 pounds? And if the answer is no, which I would believe it would be in most cases, then provided their charges are going to be more than 45 pounds on one phone call, they've, they've made a return on their investment. They made a profit. So and we would like to expect that it would get it would generate a lot more than just one phone call. So therefore, really, it's we're not talking about expensive return you know it's not it's not an expensive thing but really does hit where it wants to go do you know what i really really like about that because so often people make roi or return on investment immensely complicated in fact they make it so complicated that the person who is making the investment can't actually understand why they would or wouldn't buy something but i really love the way that you've reframed that into what is going to work for that individual person because that's absolutely right if it is a plumber and they get one person that is probably going to cover their costs it will cover their costs won't it unless they're not charging properly and I think that just that sort of makes it really nicely balanced and manages expectations I believe so as well um and I I think people have an ex they don't know what they're going to get initially um and I can't promise them exactly how many people are going to call them obviously there's a lot of variables in that but I would like to think and in all honesty if, if my publication can't get them just one phone call then I've not done my job somewhere either so if it's hitting 40,000 people as a printed directory and a potential 60,000 people via online and, and email platforms, which we know haven't got such great conversion rates, but there's still a huge amount of people that's reached. If you can't get one phone call, then fair enough. Don't advertise with me. because Clearly, it's not the right thing for you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and the other thing that I say as well to people is, <clears throat> when you're choosing something something like this, is make sure it is quality over quantity and you are reaching the right people because yeah a lot of people say I just don't need it I'm really busy right now it's okay but are you busy with the right thing are you getting the jobs that you want to get are you getting those ones that are those bigger jobs that pay that bit more money the jobs that you like to do um because it's all very well being busy as we can all say I can be busy doing all sorts of things all day long but am I actually busy generating the right revenue for my business and that's a key question so Laura I know you want to say something but I just wanted to to make a point where we were at that particular moment moment in time with what you said Lisa about there being so many other variables that Mm -hmm. it's not just about the advert and the message that goes out with that there's so much stuff that happens behind the scenes and I I think you know businesses need to be so tuned up into that not only not only what they may be saying but also what their staff may be saying if they have if they have staff um I had I had a situation where I was looking for a hairdresser who specialized in hair for women who were 60 because my hair was getting really, really thin, which it is. And I saw an advert for exactly that. It was it was um, a specialist hairdresser. And that's what they were talking about. It was this guy who ran this salon specialized in hair for women who were older. I rang the number and this woman went, hello. And I said, oh, I've seen the advert. I, I understand you specialise in, in um, hairdressing for women who are over 60. Well, we do everybody's hair. Oh. <laughs> I said, oh, I saw it. But um, the advert that I saw said that that's what you specialised in. 
Well, yeah, but we do have hair for everyone. We do everybody's hair. Whoever you are, it, it's okay. And so clearly, they spent, and they had spent a lot of money on this advert, but they hadn't told the woman picking the phone up, actually. <laughs> Probably his mum. No, it wasn't. It was quite a young girl. This is what we're doing, okay? We're running a campaign on hair for women over 60, and if somebody says that, you need to go, yes, can I book you in with our specialist? (laughs) Now, well, we do everybody's hair. It doesn't matter how old you are or what your hair is like, and they just didn't get... That's it. And and I went away. Yeah. Yeah. I went away. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Laura... Well, I was going to say as well, you know, sort of um, looking at the return on investment, looking at, um, you know, because the the role of the magazine is to get the phone calls through to the advertiser. I remember once having this advertiser and he'd been in for, you know, maybe six months. And I said, oh, you know, are you going to renew? And he said, oh, no, I haven't got any jobs um, through it. And I said, oh, that's a shame. I said, did the phone not even ring once? He's like, oh, I've had lots of phone calls, but none of them have converted into work, you know, and it's like, well, my advert has done its bit in, in, in you know, sort of <laughs> getting your phone ringing, but I can't sit there and, 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 you know, make those conversions for you. So I said, you know, perhaps you need to think about, you know, doing that. But sometimes, you know, when, um, when an advertiser isn't going to make the most of their advertising and sort of, you know, end up perhaps having a negative experience through no fault of what you as a publisher have done you know you've done everything and ticked all the boxes you have to then sort of think about well perhaps perhaps it isn't the best media for you to to advertise in because you know no one wants an unhappy customer yeah absolutely but yeah it's uh you do have fine so you have some interesting conversations <laughs> yeah so I, I think the message there is is don't add don't do any advertising until such time as you've actually worked out what's going to happen when the phone rings. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, if, if, you're not, if you're not answering the phone, which is another one, you're not actually answering the phone, or when you answer the phone, you're on another job and going, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then you're, it's not, it's not going to convert and it's all a waste of time, isn't it? Exactly. Jackie. Sorry, I've possibly missed this, Lisa. What's the frequency of your magazine? So when it was 20,000 every month last year, and then it still is in a way, but what we did from this year is we started printing bi-monthly. So we print 40,000 and then in month A, it goes out to 20,000 people. And then month B, the same edition goes to a further different 20,000 people. So we're still delivering monthly. And that was literally from feedback because People love it. (laughs) Some people hold on to this book longer than I do. (laughs) And they just keep hold of it in their kitchen until the new one comes in. And it kind of was making sense that it didn't really matter whether it was going through their door every single month or every other month, provided they were getting a a newer edition coming through. Um, So by doing it in this way, I managed to, to double the reach for my clients without putting anyone's costs up. So it really does give excellent value now for doing it in that way. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know why people keep it? People keep it because they see it as is a little directory that I, I think so anyway. Just because it's easy to refer to, um, and it's it's nice looking, I think, um, and it just stays on. It's you know stays in your top drawer or the kitchen side, um, and I think people flick through it when they get it and think, oh, you know, I, I might go to that person at some point. So therefore, it becomes something they don't want to throw away. Do you yeah, think there's also do that, a little bit of a connection to, um, to to a locality? Absolutely, a feeling part of feeling part of a community, um, and that can be a community of all sorts. It could be, you know, an online community with the, the build up of Facebook groups at the moment. So it could mm-hmm. be an online community. Or it could be a community around your village or your town. Um, but but do do you? Um, do you is the feedback that you're getting that that is part of the reason for keeping this absolutely I think so and generally people have either used somebody in there or they know someone in there so they feel a connection with somebody that's that's in there and even if they don't want to call anyone from it they just think oh you know there's Matt in there yeah I'll keep hold of it you know um and yeah absolutely I think people do do think that it's a connection to the community they know it's just theirs and it doesn't go out nationally um and yeah there's definitely a difference between something like this coming through your door and back in the days when we had our yellow pages coming which is very impersonal 
um, yeah. and a massive thing to store and wasn't very pretty. Um, and whereas now you've got a similar format, but with some with all your local businesses. Yeah, Jackie. Uh, just to, and I suppose it's for Laura as well. This question really. Um, I was always told that a one-off ad rarely has value. That you have to do three or four so that people get that message again and again. But would you agree with agree disagree with that? I'll let Lisa go first. I absolutely agree with that. If people are looking at their budget and what to spend with me, I would I always say you're much better off having a smaller advert that's more consistent than going a big full page and then disappearing. Because it's the age old thing that people often need to see things at least three times before they register it. So it might be that they see this business um, on Facebook, maybe. And then it comes through the door and they're like, oh, I recognize that. Don't really know where from. Um, we must sort out getting our carpets cleaned. I'll keep this to one side. But then the other life gets in the way. And then when you do reach for it, if they've just disappeared, um, the latest edition, then they're not there anymore to make the call to. So, you know, and I always say to people, I'm very honest, do not expect the day that this goes out, your phone's going to ring off the hook. You're a new business. No one's seen you before. Um, and you're expecting that everyone's looking just for you on that day. Um, but literally keep it, if it's if it's about cost, um, keep it small and consistent rather than larger and less often, 100%. And it's, it's, it's about that security thing as well, isn't it? So it could be, I mean, especially if it's a plumber, that you don't have a flood that day, but six months later, you do. Something happens, you need somebody to go, actually page you know and they may even remember where the page is and where the advert is they yeah. know that they've seen that so whoever it is this person they've been there they've seen them all of this time they're still in business they must be doing something right and they know where to find you yes absolutely yeah they know they know where they know where to go laura we just to add to that i was going to say yeah the the only time um a one-off work is if you're promoting an event at a set time and it's taking place during that publication period. Mm. So otherwise, just, um, you know, it's good to build up if you can, but, you know, unless it's, um, yeah, I mean, to my advertisers. So, yeah, perfect. <laughs> so uh, focusing a little bit more on some of the local stuff here, sort of very, very quickly, um, how do you generate because you you lisa and and laura you generate business for um you're looking at at finding sales if you like for two lots of things aren't you you're helping your customers find local business and you and your you you yourself are going out and promoting your business locally so have you got any tips for doing that because so many people sort of just want to do that on social media and that's fine there are ways of doing it on social media as well aren't there so what what tips and ideas have you got for building this this business locally um should i go first yeah Yeah, you go first you're you're our guest you see (laughs) Branding, branding is really important. So if you've got a company logo and you keep that, keeping that consistent across your platforms, then again, like I said, people can see you three times over various different platforms. So building your business means being consistent with some parts of your business, but always making sure that you're showing people everything that you can do. Um, So that would be my advice is to keep your branding the same. What would you say, Laura? I would say about keeping visible. I've, um, I've, sort of took a slightly different approach building my business um, to what you did. I was never comfortable doing the telephone thing. And I think I did it on the first day after I gave up my, uh, my career in London and I was in tears. I was just like, I can't do this. So I, but I actually found sort of joining some local business groups, uh, walking out and meeting people was the best way for, for me personally to do it because we all have different strengths within us. So how we build a business might vary slightly, even if it's the same type of business. Um, so, yeah, I get very involved, you know, sort of everyone knows my face, which means they know my magazine and they call me the magazine lady. So that's great. So they know that, um, you know, when they need, you know, something, they'll remember my magazine. So my, my readers are actually my biggest sales force which I am so blessed to have um because I'm always getting phone calls oh you know I was doing some work at someone's house and they they suggested I go in your magazine and oh I've had a look it's quite nice so um so yeah so it's making yourself if it is local you know you're just out in your own community and it's fabulous so yeah it's making me want to start one up 
<laughs> it's good fun. Like, like I haven't got enough it's to do. Um, one thing I'd just like to mention at the moment, going out and networking, because I think a lot of people who are in business have come across the concept of going to networking groups. At the moment, that just really isn't possible. Um, but in the UK, and I'm so sorry, folks in, in, in the States, but in the UK, the FSB at the moment, whether you're a member or not, are doing um, loads and loads of online networking. And a lot of those have a local focus. So that doesn't mean that if you're 200 miles away, you can't join. Um, but there is this sort of hub of locality around it. So I went to one, I'm down in Kent. I went to one ooh, in probably in November. Um, there's a Lewisham one. Um, there's a Kent, there's a Maidstone one. They're all over the place. If you go onto the FSB website, it says events, and then you, you can sort of scroll down. And they've got national events, but they've got these local networking events as well, which are run on Zoom. And they're just, they're really friendly. And it's just a really good way of, at the moment, staying connected with real people without actually trotting out the door. Can I just add to that? I've found over the last year since I've been doing the online networking, which has been really bizarre, and it's been roughly the same groups that I would have attended in person the previous year, but actually online networking, I've made more sales with um, those other attendees at the events than I did in person. I don't don't quite know why. Um, is it just that people are, are, are looking at other ways of getting themselves out there and, and the magazine mm. is a stable sort of thing? But um, but yeah, I've just been really surprised by it. So um, and uh, but I, I think they're great fun. And of course, there's wonderful women networking for business women as well. There is. There's lots of there's lots of networking around for women in business. There's 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 Jackie's group 1230 and we're running lots of networking events as well. Right. What I want to do is Lisa. How can people get hold of you? Please share your details. So my name is Lisa Harrison. Uh, you can find me on all of the various social media platforms. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, my phone number is 01474 627 026. And my email address is lisa at littlebookoflocals.co.uk. And what I'm going to say is this, having spoken to Lisa over a little period of time, having her on the show today, I don't know if she has even considered this in her business, but what I'm going to tell you now, if you are listening in, even if you cannot advertise locally because you're not in that locality, this lady knows an awful lot about marketing and advertising. <laughs> and I'm fairly certain she should, if she hasn't already, be setting up um, some sort of agency support coaching there you go she knows a lot <laughs> right let us now we're gonna having said I wouldn't put you on the spot guess what I'm gonna put you on the spot um so let's have a little bit of around the table so Lisa looking at where you are where you are now what do you know what do you wish you'd have known when you started out I've lost sound <laughs> okay Laura, can you ask the question? Right. It's um, Lisa uh, Sean is asking what um, from what you know now, what do you wish you'd known at the time when you were starting up? Because obviously it's a learning journey running a business. So. Uh, so, yeah. What, you, what would can, have been good at the beginning? Can you hear us, Lisa? OK, it could be it could be that it's Lisa and it could be that it's Lisa and not us. So what we're going to do is, uh, Laura, you're Wasn't top. Me. I'm back. Sorry She's about back. that. She's back. No <laughs> OK, Lisa. I'm back. We, we, I, I automatically thought it was me. Not to worry. F quick fire flash question. What do you know now that you wish you'd have known when you started out? Not to be scared. Not to I be scared. Would say, don't, don't be scared. Don't be scared. Just go for it. I, okay. was, I, was, I was really scared starting out. I, I was. Um, and provided you just give it 100%, you can't fail. Don't be scared. Just do it. And what's your top tip for being in business? That's a good one. My top tip, always, always strive, always give 100%, I would say. Always give a hundred percent. Okay, Always we we have got all oh, like a couple of a couple of minutes left. So, um, print. 
your views, you're both magazine publishers, you both have printed stuff going out on real paper with ink on it and people are turning pages. What's, um, what do you say when people are saying, actually, print is dead, um, it's all online? What's your experience with this? <laughs> not everyone is online um i find um you know one of the biggest sort of readerships and the most um supportive readers are actually the the older you know the sort of the the, the silver the silver population that we have and they absolutely love it and i think at the moment there's so much talk of people who are actually physically coming off social media because of the they've been feeling they've been doing it too much so this is a way and even if people have to interact with it just to pick it up and put it in the bin they have to interact with it they can delete an email that comes in they can you know sort of ignore any posts online but you know people have to touch it to 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 do anything with the magazine once it lands on their doorstep so therefore it is valuable because they will inevitably flick through it and then they will use an advertiser or look at an an article so 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 perhaps the key message there for any any business and any advertising is never make assumptions never just take what you're told as face value um just because somebody says everything's online doesn't mean it is there's lots of stuff going on offline people are still reading real books people are still reading real magazines and especially people are reading local magazines they want to feel connected to their local community that is a brilliant way of getting a message out there um so does that seem like a good place to end is that a good message to end on I don't, think so. don't make assumptions look at the real world before you make decisions about your business look at the real world okay lisa harrison founder of little book of locals <laughs> thank you so much for coming on and sharing thank, thank you, you so also for, for, su- for supporting our community interest uh company the women in business big show that that means so much i can't tell you um thank you laura lawrence laura lawrence marketing thank you it's also- been a pleasure Jackie Groundsell and behind the scenes we have Simone Mardell who is sorting out production and social media and all of that sort of thing so thank you very much everybody we will see you all again next week bye 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 Tune in next week to the Women in Business radio show for more stories, ideas and inspiration to help you grow your business.